0: I'd like to welcome you all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend Scotty Ray, along with my co host Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable, but it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm in a glass of iced tea and enjoy. It can happen in the blink of an eye. In a moment's time, you can be lost. And no, I'm not talking about losing your car at Walmart. I'm talking about being bona fide lost. It happens to ordinary people. It happens to famous people. Not long ago, the country singer Kane Brown became lost. Even the search party looking for him got lost, and the cops had to be called to find them all. But not all stories have happy endings. Not everyone is found. This week's episode is titled, The Lost.
1: So, Scotty, I know that it's It's either hunting season for several states and it's soon to be hunting season for the remaining states.
0: Yeah, it's right around the corner. I've even had a chance to go once or twice.
1: Yeah, and you bagged a big one, too. Yeah,
0: boy, I had a time with that.
1: So how much did it weigh?
0: You know, I'm going to probably guess that was a that was a good deal, probably about two forty.
1: Goodness! So you got a lot of people that are doing bow season, and then you got gun season coming coming up, and and obviously with that, that means you're traveling in the woods.
0: Right, and my my wallet is so much less now. Two hundred and twenty dollars worth of sausage.
1: <laughs> I hear you. Well, thinking about going out in the woods and and knowing that it's. For some, like I said, is either deer season now or soon will be. I ran across this documentary that I know that you had the honor of
0: listening to as
1: well and watching.
0: Well, you called me and said, hey, have you heard of this? And at the time, I hadn't. So I had to investigate it and figure it out.
1: Yes, and it's called Missing 411, The Hunt and so for those people that haven't had an opportunity to watch it, I'm going to tell you briefly what it's about. It's about hunters that have disappeared from wildlands without a trace for hundreds of years. Now, this guy presents haunting true stories of hunters experiencing the unexplainable in the woods of North America. And it goes into several different stories where people either by themselves and more than likely they're with other people but they either got separated or they were camped out in various spots while people were driving the deer towards
0: them well like the first story let's start with it because i remember it pretty well yeah. it stuck with me you had four guys lined a road they were 100 yards apiece right they walked straight into the woods about 50 to 60 yards maybe a hundred at the most then you had three more hunters do a circle out in front and walk towards them to drive the deer to them Right. So now you kind of got a visual of what they were doing there. Exactly. The
1: and these were experienced hunters. Yeah. All of them were. And then all of a sudden, the guy that I guess is the furthest away.
0: On the very end.
1: He's about what? in He's about in his 70s 81, probably? 81, they said. Okay, 81. He vanishes. There's no him. There's no gun. There's no footsteps. There's nothing.
0: Am I remembering right? It, they said it was almost like... Somebody knew somebody because so many cops come in and done a search of the FBI and this, that, and the other looking for him.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where it's the story starts. And then it goes into another story and another story and another story. And I know that you're going to take the position, because we've already talked about this, but you're going to take the position where somebody goes into the woods, and even though they're very familiar with the woods where they've always hunted, People can get disoriented. They can have whatever, have a, a health situation come up, or they just simply, I don't know. I mean, I think in one case they were talking about hypothermia. Yeah. Cause, can uh, that was one of the uh, episodes where a guy has hypothermia, and but they couldn't explain why. They found his boots. You know, and this is in the dead of winter when it's snowing. And then they found his pack and his, I think it was his bow, and yeah. it's... I mean, it's miles away, and he's way off from where he should be. And it just got, I think, the reason that this guy does all this research, and apparently he's written like seven or eight books on this, is this is not just one or two people. He actually shows it on a diagram, the parts all over North America that just Thousands of people have gone missing.
0: Now, you know, if it's somebody that, that has a family member that was maybe on this show, they, they may disagree with me and, and think all of that. Let's go, going back to that first guy, he's on the very far end there. Everybody else comes back out of the woods. They do the radio checks. He doesn't answer. Uh, they, to this day, have not found his gun, anything that he had on him. Now, he could have, and it doesn't, tell me, did they say if it was dark when they came out or was it still daylight?
1: I think it was kind of like in between where it was, you know, the sun had just gone
0: down. You know, they were, and I remember there being a pond not far from there. And right. he could have walked and fell in the pond and drowned and never found the body. I assume with the search that they would have searched that. Right. A, a drug it. But, you know, there's holes in the wood. You can fall off in a, a hole or ravine and leaves cover you up, treetops. And I, I know it doesn't sound explainable. They just kept saying they'd done an extensive research for the gentleman. But my gut is he fell in a hole or something, and they just didn't find it. And then, you know, within a couple of days, there's nothing left in that type of wooded area. There's a lot of animals.
1: But don't you think after a period of time, if they had discovered the hole, at the very least, they would have found the gun?
0: Not necessarily because, I don't know if you saw this, not long ago, uh, a Winchester rifle was found leaning up against a fence post that had been there 100, 110 years, something like that. Really? They put it in a uh, a museum over it. It's, I need to Google that because that is one heck of a story, of that rifle.
1: And then the other thing that we kind of knew that we were going to do this story, because here it was hunting season, it just seemed appropriate to talk about you know, safety when you get out there in the woods because people can be disoriented and get lost. And I think we're going to get into, we have our own experiences with getting lost in the woods. The thing that is, I guess, timely on this was, a couple of days ago, I'm sitting there going on my phone and I'm looking at USA Today and I'm reading stories. Okay. Another story pops up about people that go missing, and this is like in Canada. It's like this... Famous park where people go and they, and this, it's kind of like a bluff. And it looks out over, I don't know how many feet of elevation this, this bluff is. But people, it's just amazing that they've seen cars that are abandoned. Can't find the person. Okay. Did they just fall off the cliff? Did they commit suicide? You know, you hear people talking about going to the Grand Canyon. I just got through talking yeah. with a co worker that said that they just got back from the Grand Canyon and how beautiful it was, and they said the day before that they go, a guy is kind of leaning over to Mr. take a photo Selfie. and falls off and, you know, and, and, you know, and and falls to his death.
0: That has become such a horrible way to do People take a risk to get that perfect picture to get the most likes on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. It is. And it's very dangerous out there. Now, this show, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mainly focused, it was people on Twitter. was 60 plus. I don't remember it being people that were really well, young. Well, the, the
1: one guy that was, um, that they thought the only thing that made sense was that he got hypothermia. I mean, he's basically in his 40s. Okay.
0: And then the lady was 75 that they had on there that went missing. Yes. And, and, and strange story on her. But
1: I mean, those were what? Maybe they showed about eight of them. Yeah. And this is out of. Thousands. Now, granted, it is uh, in the documentary stating that it's over the course of a 100 years. But when you start to look at the clumps where they're starting to see bigger numbers of where they've gone missing, it does make me wonder, is there something going out there? And maybe it's just because we're doing this taping on Halloween. But is there something out there that we don't know? It could be a predator it could be that they get disoriented, and all of a sudden this experienced hunter that knows the landscape, they've hunted it, they've lived nearby, they've lived there their whole life. It's just like being in their backyard. And then all of a sudden the unthinkable happens, and they never are seen again.
0: Or is it something else? Well, you know, and I go to the predator side of it. Any hunter that has been in the woods, and you're out there by yourself, and you're getting ready to come back, and that first cow howls. Then that second one, and the next thing you know, there's 14 to 15 of them 100 yards from you. They can take you down. It doesn't matter just because you've got a gun. That's not going to help you against something like that. They're quick. They will take you down and shred you to pieces in no time. Same thing with wolves. But that coyote, and I and I see the look in your eye, it is the weirdest feeling to be alone in the woods and know that they're that close to you. And I mean, they're, they're savages.
1: Well, the reason that you see this look in my eye is because I'm thinking, holy cow, What would I do if I was in that situation?
0: And, you know, they address this on there, and I am the world's worst about this. I don't take extra stuff with me with drink bottles and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were saying
1: what you need to have is like a survival kit to think the unthinkable.
0: The average guy that goes off hunting from the house is going to have somewhere between three to five shells with him. He's not taking any more because it weighs you down. It's heavier carrying more. Now, what is true is when you do get lost, You either need to fire two to three times, that, because if you shoot three times, it does. If you shoot once, you can't tell where that shot was from. It takes several shots spaced out to be able to pick where that person is. But if you've got three shells, you're not going to waste them by firing in the air for somebody to find you, because you may need it to survive, to eat. Well, that's true. So what I'm saying is, although I don't abide by my own rules, it really would help to carry that that backpack, you know, just a light one that has a few things in it. But I'm guilty of it because I'm always in a hurry when I go out the door.
1: I don't think people think that it will happen to them.
0: That's true. It. Um, and do you want to you want to get into it because it has happened to me?
1: Yeah, I, and I and I've got a story of my own. So yeah, let's let's talk about you
0: getting lost. Now I was this was when I first started hunting before I really knew a whole lot. I think I was 14, and I went with a good friend of mine named Mike his daddy, Mister Henry. They took me to the spot to where I was going to hunt. I, you know, I watched as we walked in. They dropped me off and said, meet us at the road at dark. Three to five minutes before it got totally pitched, I got up and started. Again, here's Scotty Ray. Didn't carry a flashlight. You know, you can see through the shadows where you're supposed to go. And somehow or another, I took a wrong turn. And. It took me about thirty-five to forty minutes before I really realized you were lost. Uh oh, I don't know where I'm at. And then that panic. You know, I'm a 14 year old kid at that point, but I remember it like it was yesterday because I can remember it. I stopped for a second and I thought, do I sit here and wait? And then that thought, uh uh. And so, no matter how bad it was, I just I pushed on. I I never would stop. And I was lost. Three, three and a half hours, and I walked continuously. I got into water up to my chest, held my gun over over my head, and I just kept going. And I think, you know, this was – it got dark around 5, and at 8.30, somebody was bright enough to start firing shots, and that's how I found my way out. And I ended up three miles down the road before I finally came out to a highway. And it was the greatest – I think I kissed the dirt. (laughs) I remember that, but you – it is – but that moment you realize that I'm truly, and it's, it wasn't one of those things of, you're a few feet off, let me just walk back. Right. It was, oh, buddy.
1: So do you think that most hunters at some point in their life can say, I've been lost? Probably
0: so. And that's got to
1: be a scary uh, experience. It,
0: it is, and it generally happens when you're first starting hunting when you don't know as much as everybody else. The older you get and the more you hunt you pay attention to what you're doing and what i was doing i just followed them along and had no thought about getting lost and i walked right back that way and i went the opposite freaking way somehow or another terry it was it was bad
1: so had you ever hunted that uh that land before uh, was
0: first time there okay well and then you know and that's that thing of you know all during that i could have fell in a hole easily especially when i was in that water up to my up to my chest and tripped and drowned and and it would have taken a long time to find. Now, something that they didn't mention on the show, you know, like when you're tracking deer, you can put dogs on it and usually find it. And I only heard that mentioned once. That it went to the spot to where the guy was, and it was nothing after that.
1: I know that I had a similar experience. Um, lost in the mall, or what was it? No, it wasn't Come lost. On, no, this was actually hunting. Okay, believe it or not, you know, and I'm not a hunter. But back in the day when I was seventeen years old, you know, trying was, to get you a feller, I had a feller. Okay, and he was a hunter, and his dad was a hunter. In fact, he was a judge, and so the whole family hunted. Even the mother hunted. So they take me on their land, and I can't even tell you. I think it was, you know, in whatever county it was, but I wasn't familiar with it, and so it was one of those similar situations where. His dad and I were going to drive the deer, and then there were others that were out in their normal hunting spots, and we were going to push the deer in their direction. Correct. So we start banging pots and doing whatever it was that I was instructed to do, and I'm just kind of following his lead. And we start walking and walking and walking, and I just think it's normal. And you can kind of tell that his dad is pausing and kind of looking and going to the left and to the right and Kind of stopping for a second and trying to get its you know, its bearings. And he finally admits to me <laughs> that we're lost. And keep in mind this is their hunting ground.
0: Yeah, he hunts our So time.
1: I think at this point we did holler. I think we did fire the gun several times.
0: Well, see the bad part about what you were doing is that's what you're supposed to be doing to make racket. So nobody's yeah. gonna pay you attention. Oh, yeah, I know,
1: I know. Except for firing the gun. But I mean and, and again, somebody could have thought that somebody saw a deer and had fired a shot. But somehow, miraculously, my boyfriend hears us and comes to the rescue. And I'm thinking, all is well. Because probably at this point, we'd been lost for maybe an hour and an hour and a half. That's not bad. You know? Right. So he runs up to where we are. We head out. Guess what? You're lost. He doesn't know where we are. And again, this is, Two members of a family that has hunted this land probably their entire
0: life. So what the moral to this story is, if I'm reading this right, is you would have married a dumb butt, and you're glad you didn't at this point. Oh, my goodness. Good people, though.
1: So I'm still thinking, okay, this is all right. Let's don't panic. So we start walking, and we walk, and we walk, and there are about three other family members that are out probably at this point looking for us. Now, it's pitch dark because we went out there probably, what what time do you hunt in the afternoon? Three on. Okay. So it's pitch dark. We finally come up on a logging road. So I'm thinking, this is a good sign. A logging road has to come out somewhere. somewhere. So we start walking on this logging road, and I will never forget his dad's words after we had been walking, no lie, probably two and a half hours, he said, and I'm not going to call the son by name, but he mentioned his son and looked at me and said, "I think we're going to have to bog." This was his exact words: "Bog down for the night." <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, and I tell you when it was too. This is to add insult to injury. It was on my birthday. Which is the day after Christmas, okay? So I'm thinking, holy cow, we're going to bog down for the night. We weren't even prepared. Again, like you said, we didn't have the things that we needed. Water,
0: a compass,
1: you know, all those things that could have been
0: useful. And that was probably before that such thing of a cell phone.
1: Oh, absolutely. So we keep on walking, and we keep on walking, and we keep on walking. And to wrap this story up. We finally get to a point where we can hear traffic, like there's a pretty steady flow of vehicles. And I'm taking that as a great sign. Well, guess what? It got to a point, and you couldn't see your hand in front of you, that all of a sudden we ran into a thicket.
0: Oh, those are from briars. I love those. We
1: had to get on our hands and knees. And I'm trying to. To be the tough girl. I wanted to cry like the biggest baby. We had to get on our hands and knees and probably, this is no lie, probably crawl about half the length of a football field.
0: Good 50 yards.
1: When we came out, I had cuts. I had lost my knit hat. We had tore our clothes, but we came out on a four-lane highway. We started off on a little side street. (laughs) We had to stop a car, which was an old Honda
0: Civic. How would y'all all fit in there?
1: Two of us. I think my boyfriend and I got in the hatchback, and his dad got in the passenger side, (laughs) and they drove us back to where we started. They made a phone call to my parents, number one, to let them know that there was a reason that we had not returned, and second of all, to warn them that their daughter was a little bit upset. And I'm telling you, I think that's it's the funny only time that I remember being lost, but it was
0: a good one. Yeah, they'll stick with you, don't they? Yeah. What's shocking on that one is, is somebody that actually hunted there, which proves it can happen. Back to that story of where a lot of that just didn't, it didn't add up to me. Of something got him. I think they wandered off, kind of like y'all did. Thought they knew they were going, and you can stumble and fall, hit your head, and die there, and something drag you off, and there's no sign of you.
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, because just last night I read another story, and it's about a group that I follow on Facebook. And I think it's about the Great Smoky Mountains and it's about all the hiking that goes on there and I've pretty much hiked just about every one of those trails in the Smoky Mountains. So, it's not that and I say that to say it's not that I'm not an outdoor person. I'm just the opposite. I am an outdoor person. I love to be outside and I say that to say to prove that I do that we've hiked just about every trail there is. And this guy goes on a I mean goes on a hike. He takes a selfie of himself. Little does he know, that's the best he's going to look for a while. (laughs) He goes missing, and in his journey of taking this, a trail somehow gets off of the beaten path. He finally finds a fisherman of all places, and he said his biggest mistake was instead of waiting on the guy to finish fishing and let him, him walk out with him, the guy tells him exactly how to get back on the right path.
0: And he didn't do it.
1: Well, he said he started. And he said, worst case is, if you get lost, follow the creek. He ends up in the creek. He has cracked a rib. I mean, the guy had really, I mean, he was really lucky. He winds up spending the night. And I guess when the fisherman came in, he must have reported or somehow they knew this guy, I don't know if it was family, the fisherman, somebody had reported him missing, and they found him like a day or two later. I say that to say also that there was another report that I read, guy goes hiking, and they find him dead. I mean, they, they had to send a rescue crew out for him. So do people wander off on their own because they're ready to check out? Do they just get lost and disoriented? I mean, what's going on there? Because when you watch, circling back to that documentary, it makes you believe that these are are people of sound mind.
0: Now, there are, and this has happened, and I don't have the exact example to give you, but it has been people that wanted to disappear to start a new life, and they go, hey, I'm going hunting here, and they walk off into the woods, and they never come back, and they just they are whether they're in debt, they got issues, if something they're afraid that's going to come out, and they start a whole new life somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and you hear people that have been in boats and they had a boating accident, and you know they were never found, but the boat washed up and whatever, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, that's it, it's that sort of thing. But I don't think that this left me feeling like that. It just kind of left me wondering what is out there and why are so many people. Vanishing, never to be seen again. Because
0: of grizzly bears.
1: But it does make you wonder. I'm just one person. You are, But both of us already have getting lost experiences.
0: Yeah, and, and there are some people that, that don't have that, don't know really what we're talking about, that they've never really wandered outside of their car or the grocery. You know, but it does happen, and it can happen before you know it. And the best advice I can give you is to always pay attention where you're going break a limb as you go in make mark yourself as you go into where you'll know your way out if there's any question
1: but i think the problem is is that we go into the wilderness we go in the mountains wherever we are and we don't think that we need to do that because we're going to find our way back
0: most do they and do we, think and, you that. know
1: and then i just i think that's there's just i don't know i just i can't put my arms around why so many people now, are
0: missing Let's go back to the the lady that I mentioned that was in this. If you and if you've seen this movie, you know what we're talking about. Four one one. Right. It was a seventy a five year old lady, and did did I understand that right? They found her in a creek with no clothes, balled up in a fetal position. Oh yes. All right. now, that that makes no sense. Why she would have been in the creek with no? Was she taking a, a bath? Do you think she thought it would be fun to go skinny dipping? And at seventy five, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, you, I mean, it, if you're going to do that, you have done that in your twenties.
1: Right, and I don't think that. No, and I, I it was just very unexplainable. And I'll say this too, and this is another one that y'all go, Oh my gosh, they've actually lost it. The part in the documentary where they're talking about the guys actually have heard some sounds. Yeah. It, it, and, and and it just kinda spooked them out and they ended up creating this like barrier and staying in like the hollow of a, what like a one of those redwood trees or something yeah. like that and you know, and I'm thinking, and this, then the crazy thing was, they go back every year. If I'm in that tree and I'm hearing some howling like that, and they said it was something like they had never experienced in their life, and, you know, they had to get up, and it's, it's so remote, and I think it's, well, obviously it's in, in uh, in the northern part of California, and it's so remote that they have to get there by horseback. Yeah. There is no way that I'm gonna make an annual trip of that that's going to be
0: one and done for me am i right that they had the actual recording of that of what they played on there yeah and see and it didn't spook me i've heard those noises before it was just you know it's kind of like a a coyote or something that howls out there you don't know exactly what it is but you know it's some form of an animal like that it 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 didn't make the hair on my hand on my arm stare up or anything it it happened and i thought i've heard that before and it, it didn't spook me at all. I'm thinking, these are three sissies sitting here. That's what went <laughs> through my head.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Has Angie ever gone out in the woods with you?
0: She told me uh, she could care less about hunting and anything that I have to do with it. Okay. I think was her exact words. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs>
1: okay. So have you ever had any buddies that have experienced getting lost in the
0: woods? Uh, most men won't admit it. Uh, because it's, it's a, it's a man card thing to wear. I ain't getting lost, you know. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Men don't typically talk about it. And I was like, I, I had to use my man card there to talk about mine. <laughs> I ain't ashamed to tell mine, but most men won't tell it.
1: So if you got lost and that, and you said you were lost about three hours, that obviously hasn't changed your mindset in terms of, uh, preventing you from going hunting because you're an right. avid hunter. Love it. But second of all, you're still not doing anything from a safety perspective.
0: I am not. Well, I, I guess into one degree I do. Somebody always knows where I'm at. And an example: I had a an accident two years ago. I was I went to go feed deer, and I'm going up a steep hill on my four wheeler. And stupidly, again, not doing it right, I put more weight on the back than I did on the front. Now, I mean, it was straight up, and I got about halfway up, and I knew I was in trouble. Here come the front end up in uh-huh. there. And it throws me off, and I hit the ground, and I thought, Whoo And then I look up, and I see the four-wheeler coming. Oh, God. And it hit me in the head, and it landed on top of me, and I couldn't get out from underneath it. And I laid there. I didn't get worried until the gas started pouring out on me. It was still running, and the gas was dripping on me. And I thought, now, what am I going to do? Because that was going through my head there. Because I, I, I could move everything, but I couldn't push it off of me because it, it, you know, it weighed a 1,000 pounds, something like that. And I laid there, and I couldn't get my oomph about me. So it took me – I got to my cell phone. I remembered that I had it, and I called a buddy of mine. I said, hey, I just had a a four-wheeler incident here, and if I ain't called you in 30 minutes, you come get me. And so I wiggled my way out from under it finally. I I took my hand, and I dug the dirt out from underneath my leg, and I got from uh under it. And so then my back – I'm telling you, my back was hurting. Uh, I guess so. You you got ran over by a four-wheeler. It was a four-mile walk back, and I thought, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't walking. So then I have to figure out how I'm going to flip the four-wheeler off. And I strained and pushed and strained and pushed, and I finally got it flipped back over, and then it rolled down the hill. I couldn't catch it. And so then I, I, I laid up against a tree for another 20 minutes, and I go down and I get it cranked, and he walks up on me about that time. And I, I had a couple blood and bruises on me, but I was okay. But never leave home without yourself. I and mean, don't do anything stupid. And, and I think the older you get, the more chances you take because you think, oh, I've done that before. Nothing's going to happen to me. And had I leaned my weight just right forward in time, I would have caught it and set it back down. But I downshifted when it started going up and that was it.
1: You know, they say that people that have done things repetitively, like you said, they seem to think that they're invincible. It's not going to happen the word to them. For it. And really, they're more at risk, what they call at risk behavior because you'll take shortcuts. Oh, yeah, yeah where somebody that hadn't done it before is real cautious, like somebody that hadn't gone out in the woods before right. hopefully will be more cautious. But that's what is so mysterious about every one of these cases that we're talking about. Every one of these folks had lived in the woods. They had lived in Montana. They had lived, grown up in the forests of California and the mountains of georgia and north carolina and tennessee and yet thousands of people go in the woods one bright and sunny day never to be seen again
0: what was the actor not long ago that was moving he was he was elderly 70 or 80 and he went into one of those national parks and was going to go down a, a trail and they found him like two weeks later dead and I can't remember what the guy's name was, but, you know, his son, they all done this big search, and they found him like two weeks later, and he'd just gotten off the trail, couldn't find his way back to his car.
1: You? you know, you think that is so – it just it just bottles the mind that you think I'm going to stay on a well-beaten path. Nothing is going to happen, and it does. Now, mm-hmm. in our case, I never saw a daring path. All I know was that I was beating some stuff, walking in the woods, but I'm following the lead of somebody that I think knows that that land like the back of their hand. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, well, here comes the love of my life, running up, and he's going to be the rescue. Come to find out, he turns around and says... Well, I'm lost, too.
0: Well, you know, it runs in the family there.
1: Apparently so. And I'm telling you, when I heard those words, well, I think we're going to have to bog down for the night. I I don't know the look on my face. And like I said, I'm trying to keep it together because I'm thinking I'm all for a mystery and I'm all for excitement. I love doing, you know, overnight camps, but not that type of camping.
0: You know, as old as I am, I have never heard the word bog down for the night. I have never heard that term,
1: ever. Well, that's what he said, and I am quoting him. (laughs) I didn't ever claim to be an experienced hunter. You know, it's probably the first. I was one and done on that one. But it happens all the time.
0: It does. And, you know, is the show a mystery? Is something getting them? I don't believe so, but you, on the other hand, seem to believe that maybe there is a little something more out there than, than meets the eye with these stories. Well, I
1: think if you've got thousands and thousands of folks that go into the woods, I think there's a certain percentage that are exactly what you say. They go out there, they have the unfortunate luck of just getting lost, and before you know it, uh, something sets in like hypothermia, starvation, they're disoriented whatever the case may be, and unfortunately they die. There's probably a certain percentage of folks that go into the woods, and I hate to say this, but they probably are the dinner of some large creature or a pack of, you know, something. But I do believe, you have to believe that there's a certain percentage of folks that go into the woods that are experienced, and it's just unexplainable as to what happened. Is there somebody out there in the woods, or is there some thing out there in the woods
0: i don't know so have you ever been lost if so i'd like to hear your story drop us a note at comments at secrets from and i have to go back to this and ask one more time have you ever bogged down for the night well i haven't i've bogged down in some mud before but terry on the other hand she bogged down for the night We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, well, you know, a secret, well, maybe you've learned you're not Rambo by now.